Uh, well, we're on a little series at the moment on wisdom, and one of the things we're going to look at today is um, dealing with a proud heart. And you may just sit there and say, well, I haven't got a proud heart. Um, but pride can get in the way of so many things, can't it? It can block so much up and cause all sorts of restrictions in terms of us uh, moving forward in what God has called us to and the fulfillment God wants to bring in our lives. And over the centuries, um, theologians have studied this and they're, they're pretty, pretty serious about the impact of pride and a proud heart uh, affecting us and as being the root as well of many other issues, if uh, we've got that. Uh, if you were with us a few weeks ago when we started this uh, series on wisdom, one of the definitions of wisdom that we put forward was uh, knowing how to recognize... Sorry, let me start again. Jump. Knowing how to deal with the complexities of life. How many know life is really complex? I remember when Dave Robinson, were you here, Dave? Yeah, he's over there. Set up uh, something called SOS a few years ago to help people in real desperate need. And when he started doing very simple things, started coming. But over the years, as that continued, he came to me one day and he said, he said, do you know, everybody who's come to me recently has got really complex problems. It's not just one problem. It's a whole interweaving of issues and challenges in their life. Talking to Ellen a little while ago, who heads up our CAP, She's over there. Uh, Cap Ministry. She said to me the same thing. Life is really complex. And when you're trying to help people, there's so much wrapped. It's not just one issue quite often. It's not just a financial debt issue when it comes to Cap. But there's so much more wrapped around it. Life is complex. And we need wisdom to break through that. And um, one of the obstacles for breakthrough, I think, so often is having a proud heart that we're not willing to accept that, A, that we need that help and that we're in a vulnerable position sometimes. Proverbs and many of the things we've been chatting about on this series on wisdom are out of Proverbs. Proverbs 16, 19 says this, Better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share the plunder with the proud. So what's the Bible saying there? It's saying, Humility, which is the opposite of being proud, is more important than all the riches in the world. Humility. Okay, let's do a little self-assessment for a moment. You know, we're encouraged to do this before we share in communion, aren't we? Let us examine ourselves, and then let us eat, and then let us drink. And so it's not a bad thing. Let's not, we're not going to do too much navel-gazing, but, you know, it's good to... little. Okay, let me chuck some questions out of you. Um, have you ever bought into the thought of and the attitude of, it's all about me? Now, nobody's going to admit that right here, right now, are you? No, no, I can see that. And even if you haven't consciously done it, do you sometimes find on reflection that you've acted in a certain way that has been very much, well, that was really about me? It's all gone very quiet now. Um, do you take credit for your looks, your intelligence, and your ability? That's a weird one, David. Hey, listen, God is the giver of good gifts. You are like you are because that's how God created you. But God wants to keep moving you forward as well, so don't get stuck in a rut, okay? Um, 
Do you always want to be first in line? You know when the buffet's on and you're at the wedding and the, and the DJ says, the buffet is now open. Are you first up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you try to make others aware of the things that you have? You know, you roll your sleeve up because you've got the designer watch on. Do you think you deserve more of the world's good things than the people around you? Do you want a better house, a better car than those around you? And drivers among you, are you rude behind the wheel trying to get ahead of everyone else? You know when there's two lanes merging into one on the motorway because they put so many cones out? It's all going very quiet. Do you think God must be more pleased with you because of how ethical and religious you are? A bit like the scribes and Pharisees that we read about in the New Testament. See, pride can rear itself in so many different ways. You know, we tend to sort of think one or two things, but I think there's so many things that can uh, show up pride in our hearts. Pride's family of behaviors, I think we've got them listed on screen. Conceit, self-righteousness, boasting, selfish submission, ambition, showing off, vanity, and impatience. Well, if you find yourself affected with any of those, this is good news this morning. There's a table that you can come to. We've been hearing about it this morning. There's a presence of God that you can come to. And God can begin to shape us and refine us and knock some of those edges off that sometimes we find in retrospect quite often we find we have. Um, okay, so let's have a look at, drill down into this a little bit. What is it to be proud, being proud? Needing to feel better than others in some way. Proverbs 11 says, A man who lacks judgment derides or ridicules his neighbor. Why do we ridicule people? Because... Often we feel we're better than them. C.S. Lewis put it this way in his book, Mere Christianity. He said, pride gets no pleasure in having something. Pride only gets pleasure in having more of it than the next person. That's an interesting quote, isn't it? And I don't think it's wrong per se to have things. It's how we view them and how we view them with regard to those around us. It's when we compare ourselves to others that pride can begin to arise. And the pleasure well, we can define it a little bit more in a moment. Wanting to replace God. Sometimes in our lives we listen to what again the, the, the writer of Proverbs says. He says, better to be lowly in spirit along with the impressed, than share the plunder of the proud. We read that a moment ago. But the Hebrew word there for proud means supreme majesty. Supreme majesty. A word that's nearly always applied to God. 
What's the Bible saying? It's saying that every heart wants to be its own supreme being. By default, that's us, isn't it? Self-preservation is part of that, I guess. But we want to put ourselves first. Lewis Smeads, who's a 20th century Christian writer, professor of theology and ethics for 25 years, at Fuller Theological Seminary, he said this, Pride in the spiritual sense is refusal to let God be God. It is to grab God's status for our own self. Are we willing to say, God, it's over to you? I get, you know, we, we make statements like, I give my life to you. However, Lord, I'm just going to do this. That sense of being self-focused, always thinking about us, how we look, how we're doing, how we're performing. How am I being treated? And we find it hard to take advice or be corrected. Again, Proverbs 13.10, where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. You ever been... Quickly offended. Somebody says something to you and you... Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Anybody find it easy to overlook an offense? Stand up now. So why is being proud harmful? Well, firstly, it brings destruction. Again, Proverbs 16, 18 says this, Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit or an arrogant spirit before a fall. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be somebody who self-destructs. Pride produces strife or quarrels, breaking up of relationships, obviously linked, often linked with pride. Wars have been linked and rooted in pride. In fact, Proverbs 13.10 says, Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. And pride distorts reality. Um, Proverbs 21.4, haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked is sin. Now, on the screen there, you'll see a picture um, of lights. Now, we have lights up here at the moment, and we've got a number of them on. Uh, Peter, do you want to just take the white ones off? There we go. So we've got blue and green ones on now. And Pete can change those from the back. And each lamp is changing colour as he changes. Go on, keep going. And so we get various colours. Every time there's a colour change, it makes things look a bit different on this background here. This is modern technology. When I was at school, we didn't have these LED things. 
I used to get involved in the school productions at end of term and at Christmas. And uh, we used to have lamps that were just white lamps. And then we had to put a color. Uh, they used to call it gel. These, it's almost like uh, uh, colored plastics. Green, and you put it across. And so we had to have loads of lamps up there. And then when we wanted green, just the green ones came on. And then if you wanted blue, it was another set of lamps with different colors on, etc., etc. But what were we trying to do with that? We were trying to create something that looked a little bit different. The challenge with our eyes, when we have pride in our hearts, is that we see things often that are colored. Looking, we see them from our perspective. Um, sometimes a little, so when it's green, it's, it's, it's not true, it's distorted. When we've got pride in our hearts, it brings distortion to the things that we see. We make poor judgments when we're making our decisions. Why is pride harmful? Why is a proud heart harmful? Well, it's really going against God. You find yourself, if you've got a proud heart, in conflict with God. Anybody want to be in conflict with God? Hmm. Listen to what it says. This is New Testament, James 4. God opposes the pride but gives grace to the humble. It's like James almost says, so the choice is yours. We often, I think, forfeit God's blessing on our lives because of this stuff. You know, we've been singing about God's love for us this morning, God's grace for us this morning. And that's the beauty of this, that wherever we are, if, if we recognize some of those characteristics that were on screen a few moments ago, if we recognize that they are real today in our lives, then we can move from that position because of the grace of God, because of his love for us. We can come into that relationship with him and he can begin to shape and mold our character accordingly. See, Proverbs 15 says, The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he protects the property of widows. He gives grace to the lowly and the humble. If we're willing to acknowledge and recognize our need of him, Isaiah 57 says, this is God speaking, I live in, high and, in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. There's a place for you and I at his side, in his presence. Okay, so what, let's have a look at, having looked at all that, how do we deal with pride? You know, if you've got an infection, you go to the doctor, you put some stuff in it, you, you know, medication, and you get sorted. You know, you can tell I'm medical, can't you, when I say you put some stuff in it. Um, okay, let's have a couple of things. Examine your own heart. Mentioned this earlier. I think it's a great way to start. Psalm 139, the psalmist says this. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. 
Just take a moment to think on that. And then having thought on that, and again, we need to keep coming back to that, ask for God's forgiveness. Again, the psalmist, Psalm 25 says, Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for Lord, you are good. This is a great thing. God is willing to forget all that stuff that's just been pointed out in my life and your life as we ask him to forgive us. Isn't that amazing? The hardest thing for us, if we've got a proud heart, is to admit when we are wrong. But Peter says in 1 Peter 5, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due time. Do you ever feel, Lord... I don't think I'm worthy of your blessing in my life. I remember when I was a kid, I was about 10 or 11 years of age, I think. And I was in Mike's Sunday school class at the time. Mike, who sat over here, he's older than he looks. <laughs> and um, I, we, we had communion on a regular basis at church. And I... I prayed a very simple prayer asking Jesus to come into my life and at the age of nine. But I never felt, this is, is a nine, 10, 11 year old, that I was worthy to take communion. And Mike really helped me. Helped me to realize that in the simpleness of my faith, that God makes a transaction in heaven that takes me from that place of being outside of God's protection and provision, that table we were singing about earlier, and he brings us right in. So thank you, Mike. It's a long time ago. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up in due time. And I think as well we can learn from Jesus. Read a passage of script to you, scripture to you from Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through to 9, where the Apostle Paul writes and he says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Even Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when his back was against the wall, said, God, not my will, but yours. Be done. I humble myself before you. Two verses preceding that passage, 
are really with regard to how we view ourselves around others. Verses 3 and 4, he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. David, this is heavy stuff this morning. Well, it is and it isn't. Because by God's grace in our lives and his spirit working in us, you know, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, etc. When the spirit of God begins to work in our lives, these things become more of auto-reflex action than perhaps used to be the case. And maybe here this morning we've been in that position and we look back and we say, well, thank you, Lord, you've led me through some stuff. I've dealt with some stuff in my life. Um, I feel I'm in a good place and, and that's great. But how many of us know that pride just has this sneaky habit of creeping back in? Uh, you can be certain that the devil, the world and the flesh will seek to get in there with pride at some point or other. There is a battle going on for our hearts and lives, for those of us who are God's people. The values of the world system promote pride as a positive thing. The world gives you messages like, you should think higher of yourself. And there's some good stuff in that, but there's a right perspective of that as well. And how many of you have noticed over the last few years, particularly in the internet revolution, that there's this whole spotlight on me thing? You think YouTube channels, and then I'm not saying they're all wrong, but I tell you what, people have got a concept of, I have my moments of fame in the world, reality TV. You see, your flesh and my flesh craves that good feeling when we get that inflated ego. It's true. And Satan will lay his opportunities in our paths and will make it easy for us to slip back into some of these things. Resist his scheme by putting on the armor of God, that belt of truth that we read about in Ephesians 6. I wonder if the band would come back. I'm going to wrap it up. Because we are in a battle. And the spiritual battle never ceases. You know, you might think this morning, well, I'm a Christian now. Absolutely, 100%. But there's a battle for your life and my life. There's a battle to try and get you living for the very best that God has for you. To pushing you down and oppressing you as much as can be done. But here's the thing. The power of God is far higher than any power that is amassed against you. Greater is he that is in you than is in the world. <coughs> and we've got to lay hold of that. And it may have been a bit sort of heavy this morning, but I want to encourage you into the good of God's provision for your life and mine. So I'd encourage you to focus on your relationship with God. Strengthen your devotional life 
get in his presence. How many of you know that when you're in his presence, it changes everything? You know, your perspective changes. Humble yourself before him. Liz said this morning as we were starting, you know, this is an opportunity. Coming together like this, make the most of the opportunity in worship to engage with God. Do it here, do it in your times alone, do it in your small groups. Take those opportunities. And then grab hold of the promises of God over your life. Get hold of some scripture that really defines who you are and what God is doing on your behalf. A um, couple I'll throw at you. Matthew 18. This is Jesus speaking. Anyone who becomes as humble as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know, just in simplicity, come with faith, saying, thank you, Lord. On my own, I cannot do this, but with your help and your empowering, amazing things are possible. And then Peter, we read it earlier, humble yourselves, 1 Peter 5, under the mighty hand of God, and the right time he will lift you up in honor. I think as well to put some safeguards in place. Maybe there's some lifestyle changes we maybe even need to think about. Maybe in terms of how we view the people around us, what about volunteering and helping those less well-off than us, less fortunate or blessed than us? We say, Lord, what can I do with what you've given me to be a blessing to those? If your stuff is making you proud, how about giving some away? And maybe ask someone you trust around you to just pray with you and encourage you on this journey. Hey, we're all on a journey. We ain't got it all sewn up. The person who probably thinks they have has probably got a bit of an issue right now. But Lord, would you help us this morning in this room not to go out of here demoralized, but to go out of here with a sense of anticipation of what is possible as we put ourselves under your mighty hand. As we say of ourselves, we are not able, but with you, Lord, at work in our lives. Would you, like the psalmist said, would you come and just put the spotlight on our lives and highlight to us any things, any issues, even this week as we're going about our, our, daily, our, our week and our daily activities. Lord, would you just use the Holy Spirit's laser-like ability to pinpoint things in our lives that are just out of sync a little bit with your heart and your purposes for us. Why don't you stand and want to pray? Lord, we thank you as we were singing earlier, there is a table where we can come. And Lord, we do want to come. We want to come regularly and frequently. We want to come into your presence. We want to acknowledge our need of you. Maybe there are people here today who've never been in that position of acknowledging their need of you. And if you are acknowledging it this morning, we'd love to pray with you. God wants to come into your heart and life. He wants to transform this moment. Uh, be, let it be a transformation moment for today, for the future, and for eternity. 
So Lord, I pray if there's anybody in that category that right here, right now, they would just have the humility to acknowledge that in their hearts and lives and to respond to your heart to them, which is for good. So I'll draw them right here, right now. And for those of us who've been on this walk with you, maybe a long time, Lord, we pray that you would keep us on track. By your Spirit, you keep that laser light upon us, highlighting where we need to just consider things, where we need to come under your mighty hand again, that, God, your purposes can be outworked freely and fully in our lives. Lord, we pray your blessing across this congregation of your people today. We thank you, Lord, for your provision. We thank you, Lord, for your protection. We thank you for your ways that you have for us are amazing. And Lord, we just want to walk in the fullness of it all. Lord, and I pray that for each one today in Jesus' name.